0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome. It's a little smaller group today, but I'm sure that God brought everyone he wanted to have here. So check your cell phone and we'll get started. This started out to be a sermon on discipleship. And I, I think I must have been about halfway done with the preparation And all of a sudden it changed. I was asking God to lead in this, and it became about prayer. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So, before we get started, um, I just want to tell you that there's a lot of movement in this congregation when it comes to prayer. Yesterday was the ladies' prayer retreat. I understand that the young women's class on Wednesday night is talking about prayer. I saw somebody in the church this morning praying over somebody else, and I hope we see a whole lot more of that kind of thing, because I believe that prayer is the path forward for this church body. We can do nothing. We can do nothing in God's kingdom, in the spiritual sphere, unless it is through talking to God and allowing him to lead. And then great things could happen. Pause for just a second to open my water here. I've decided to use a closed um, container for water. A few years back, Roy Gottsman always had a glass of water here, a glass glass of water. And uh, I didn't pay any attention to the maintenance on that water. And I think it has sat there for about three months, and it was probably one-third dust bunnies. And so um, I didn't want to feel warm and fuzzy at that point. So this message about prayer... um, can only be a survey. There is so much on prayer, so much that's important. I think a year's time would not exhaust all of that. So we're just going to touch on some key points, and uh, before we do, let's pray. Our holy God, it is so good to gather in your presence. It is so good to serve you, and Lord, You give us hope and joy and peace, and you have given us the avenue of prayer. And Lord, may it be used by this church body to strengthen the body itself, but mostly to glorify you because it will accomplish great and wonderful purposes, your purposes in our lives, Lord, and we are yours. Thank you for that. In Christ's name, amen thanks to Jim for leading songs and uh, I want you to know that our communion thought that he only he had zero notice and came up and did a marvelous job didn't he? yeah nice job (laughs) prayer strengthens us and characterizes us as Christians today what is different about us? it is what we do it is who we are It's not a ministry of the church, it is the heart of ministry for the church. A praying church means this, becoming a people of hope in a discouraging world. Someone once said, this is not a praying age, it's an age of great activity, of great movements, one in which the tendency is very strong to stress the scene and the material and to neglect and discount the unseen and the spiritual. Don't you agree? We're all so busy, maybe too busy, and sometimes we feel like we're too busy to pray. But this prayer that God has given us We have it in our Christian toolbox. It's a skill, it's an ability, it's a lifeline, and it's more than all of that. Someone said these words, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. It's the strongest thing that a Christian can do to call upon the living God and for his involvement, for the presence of his Holy Spirit in whatever we're dealing with. There's great pro- power in prayer, and you have seen it. You've seen people healed. You have seen lives changed. You've seen people built up. And there's power in prayer because there's power in the name of Jesus in whom we pray. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this, Therefore God has highly exalted him, that is Jesus, and bestowed on him the name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. How much better it is to bow before God and to know him here than on that last and final day when all knees shall bow. Prayer is a precious gift. Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. We're all too busy. We make time for what we really want to do, though, and I hope that prayer is some one of those essential things that you find to do. You know, if you want to talk about the power of prayer, I think there is a group here that excels at prayer, and those are our widows. God is their protector and comforter. They have come to know him very well. Zeal is important. Our zeal. Never be lacking in zeal, says the scripture in Romans 12, 11 and 12. But keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Now, Zeal can be defined as a focused desire characterized by passion and commitment. It can be good or it can be bad. The Bible often describes God and his followers as zealous. To me, it's your passion. It's the intensity with which you consider God and which you value talking to God in prayer. We know many whom on this Christian journey have lost their zeal, have lost their desire, who have lost their direction and do not continue. So it's important to be zealous and to maintain that as a passion of our whole life. Our God is a zealous God and I believe he expects us to be zealous as well and not lose our spiritual focus, because that makes us useful in his kingdom, willing to grow in faith, willing to say, I was wrong, and enables us to do the work that he calls us to do. Now, what does keeping your fervor or passion look like? Philippians 3:13 and 14, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But this one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining forward toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul didn't lose his direction because he kept his focus, his purpose, his eye on the prize. And that's what we need to do and to maintain to keep our spiritual focus fixed objective to the exclusion of worldly pursuits here's the way life works you can either set your life purpose or the world will do it for you isn't that right isn't the world want to tell us how to live apart from god they want, wants to tell us how to live so set your purpose with god in prayer and let him take the lead and establish your spiritual walk. It is not within man that walks to direct his own steps. We need to be led by our Savior every day, every hour, every minute, and that's why prayer is so important in all aspects of our life. As God's ambassadors, He expects us to be in frequent communication. To turn to him, what should I do at this point in my life? We've all come to crossroads, and we have to come up with, do I go this way, or do I go that way? And maybe both are good, but it may not be God's best. We honor him when we seek him first, especially before we make key decisions. Have you ever made a decision in haste, um, one of those decisions where maybe you made a purchase in haste, you thought this will be great. And it wasn't. Um, There was a preacher in Oregon in a small congregation. He didn't make very much money and his family were struggling to get along. And he went to the town of Medford and the year was 1957. And the 57 Oldsmobile must have had 400 pounds of chrome on it. It was uh, a, uh, you could almost put your sunglasses on before you could look at that car. And it was a beautiful thing. Heavy, uh, low gas mileage, all that, but it looked great. So he drove to Medford, did his business, and drove home with a brand-new Oldsmobile. And he was so excited to share this with his wife. He was going to say to her, beyond your own beauty, it's the second most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) And she saw the car and immediately began to cry. And he said, what's wrong? She said, you know, we can't afford this. This doesn't fit in our budget. What will we do? We can't even make the payments. And she had quite a lot to say about it. And within a couple of days, every time he saw that car in his driveway, he despised it. (laughs) And he got rid of it. I'm not saying anything against 57 Oldsmobiles, but one of those decisions. So we need to stop and we need to ask the Lord, what do you want? I know what I want. I think I want that, but What do you want, Lord? What do you want me to do? How can I be responsible in this? The Apostle Paul wrote about the difficulties that he faced. But he pressed on. You know, he was responsible for the deaths of Christians before he came to the Lord. And that must have been a weight that he had to deal with all of the time. And he said, we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. And he said that in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. Now, how is it possible to be afflicted, perplexed, persecuted, struck down, but not destroyed? I would say that in the world it is not possible But with God, all things are possible. And he can use all things for good, even the bad things and the bad memories and all of that. He can use it for good. And he can turn you into an encourager in the body because you can take what happened to you and build up other people who have had similar issues and problems and catastrophes happen to them. He can do it. He says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too difficult for me? Point number three, our God uh, invites us into a prayer relationship with him. In Psalm chapter 27, verse 8, NIV says, My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, O Lord, I will seek. I like the New Living Translation on this because it says, My heart has heard you say, Come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Is that your response to God? I will do it. I am coming. Use me. Here am I. I think this should be a frequent prayer. Number four, the church and the world need prayer warriors. We have some here, we've got some great prayer warriors and we've got some that are growing into being great prayer warriors. And a prayer warrior is simply an advocate for other people, all about others. And uh, we call it a ministry of reconciliation of man with God. But the prayer warrior's heart truly strives after God in every situation. They will pray for others, even at their own inconvenience, because this is what they're called to do. We're called to be a people of prayer. At the baptism of 3,000, we read these words. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Doesn't that message ring with us today? Those who accepted this message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is what they devoted themselves to the teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. Devoted themselves. That's our challenge and our responsibility to take it everywhere we go. You know, your prayer life is portable. Some great things happen with the intensity and tears and all of that of prayer in your prayer closet. But your prayer life is portable. and You need to take it with you wherever you go. I think there are great opportunities out there and we need to ask God to show them to us. When you run into that person in traffic who just cut you off and nearly caused an accident, that person who was waiting on you in the store, but weren't kind, the person right behind you who um, pushed their shopping cart in the back of your legs for the fourth time, or, or whatever it is, stop and pray if you see homeless people, if you see that mother of five children and all of them crying at the same time, and all of those things, pray about that. It doesn't have to be a long and lengthy prayer, and by the way, you don't have to close your eyes, especially if you're driving. (laughs) But hold them up in prayer. I think that's what God wants us to do. If we're gonna be salt and light in this world, we need to be salty. We need to sprinkle the salt of the Lord's love and care over everybody we meet, don't we? So look for opportunities, ask God to show you opportunities. Let me tell you about one. I hesitate to tell this, but I will. So. as I felt the impact of the car hitting mine, I didn't know that God was, wanted to introduce me to someone. And that was uh, maybe part of the reason for it, I don't know. Someone who needed encouragement. And so, this was out in the River Road area and I, I'm coming out of a place to have a hamburger and uh, I'm headed to a scout meeting. I've got things on my mind. And all of a sudden, a car comes over, cuts in front of me and hits the front of my car. And uh, so of course we stop and I get out and I feel like I need to go check first on the other person. The young man with his earphones on, holding a burger in one hand and kind of driving his mom's car. And uh, I said, are you okay? And he said, I'm okay. And I, he said, are you okay? And I said, I'm okay. And then I went and got my, my registration insurance form and I went over and tapped on his window and he shook his head no. And finally he cracked it a minute and he said, my mom will be here in half hour to talk to you. Rolled his window back up. So I thought maybe I should take a picture of this license plate, <laughs> I'm not sure. So um, she showed up finally. And she said, could you tell me what happened, because my son can't tell me. And so I told her. And she said, I don't understand why you're being so nice about it. And I said, I have a savior who's forgiven me. I can afford to be nice about it. I want to be nice about it. And um, she said, well, he doesn't have insurance. And uh, I said, okay, well, we'll deal with that. And, um, I said, how are you doing? And she did not look happy and not look well. She said, I just had a cesarean. And she said, I have infection and I'm, I'm just having a terrible time. And she broke down into tears and I asked her if I could pray for her. And we had a little prayer and gave her a hug. And um, but the good news is that she gets a weekday prayer devotion from me and I don't know very much about her background but every once in a while she'll come on and just say praise God so it was a, an unfortunate contact but maybe an important one so you never know how things are going to turn out it may look bad but God will use it for good so trust him in all circumstances and see what he will do. Ephesians six eighteen says, "Pray in the spirit," and then it tells us how often to do that. At all times and every occasion. See, we can't work out. We can't wear out our lifeline with God. He's always ready to take another call. and he wants to hear from his children, and he wants to guide you, we lean on him. We don't do this by ourselves. We need to do it together. In the same way that our body needs to do this together. Draw together in prayer, to pray for each other. There's a lot of things you can do. And uh, pray for the people that you hear about that are having difficulties or health issues, take a copy of the congregational prayer list and if we don't have enough, we'll print more. Take that with you and use it. We are, our struggle is against the powers of darkness the rulers, the authorities, the powers of the dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Even though it may seem like it, people are not our enemy. You see, our job with people is to get to a point where we can share the hope that's in Jesus with them. And if we feel somehow that we're judges and we're going to administer punishment to somebody because they deserve it. That's God's job we're taking to get even. We need to deal with our forgiveness issues. Yes, that person did you wrong. Yes, that was a terrible circumstance. All those things are true, but we can't carry those around with us. That's a heavy load And only one can carry that load, and that's Jesus. And he wants that from us. All of our brokenness. So in terms of darkness, push back against the age in which we live and the world's attempts to mold you into its image. Because you're not of the world. Instead, you are a child of the living God. You're redeemed, you're sanctified, and you are holy, and you were purchased with a price. Here's the scripture. Romans 12 and 2, Do not allow this world to mold you into its own image. Instead, be transformed from the inside out by renewing your mind in Christ's word. As a result, you'll be able to discern what God wills and whatever God finds good, pleasing, and complete. This is spiritual warfare, and the way we fight it is on our knees in prayer. Number five, prayer is essential in order to walk with God. Ephesians 6.18, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. pray hard, pray long, pray often for your brothers and sisters and keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. We are devoted to prayer because prayer is talking to God and God is devoted to us. He's made us spiritual beings and he's given us this privilege of prayer as the primary way that we communicate with him The disciples did this, as we see in Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to prayer. It is safe to say that the Acts 2 church had nothing or accomplished nothing aside from what was done in prayer. And I believe that's true of our church today. If you want to see a church grow and thrive, if you want to see spiritual blessings take place, give yourself to prayer. Our goal is to be in constant conversation with God. Corey Tenboom wrote, What wings are to a bird and sails to a ship, so is prayer to the soul. As believers, we know there's great power in prayer, and a life steeped in prayer can be greatly used of God. Ask yourself this morning is prayer your steering wheel? or is it your spare tire? The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and real, James 5.16. If anyone is in trouble or happy or sick, prayer and praise is always the answer. Remember Elijah? He was a human being like us And he prayed earnestly that it wouldn't rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. How powerful is that? The power is God's. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. Intercessory prayer is praying about those things which concern others speaking to God on behalf of another person, a group, a situation, church, or community. It's a blessed act, and it reminds us of Christ's example of how we could lay down our lives for others. It's a form of loving other people. Dwight Moody said that every great movement of God can be traced to a kneeling figure, Oswald Chambers says, we think of prayer as a preparation for work or a calm after having done work, whereas prayer is actually the essential work. And someone else said, the man who mobilizes the Christian church to pray will make the con- greatest contribution to world evangelism in history. And this one, prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and mercy. Do you trust him for the big things? Do you trust him for the small things? He's the God of both. He's the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. He'll be with you wherever you are. All you need to do is call upon his name. And he says, my church will be a house of prayer. Is your own home a house of prayer? Think about how that can happen if it's not. I believe that the prayers of this group have accomplished much. I remember a blessing that most of you weren't here for, but we owed $50,000 on this building. We really didn't know how to pay it off oh we had some money going every month but you know how interest works and one of the women whose husband only came to potlucks got together with her husband people were praying about paying off this church and the next thing we know we had a a check in our hand for $50,000 Is anything too great for God? Through the promises of God, we participate in the divine nature that has profound meaning to undergo radical spiritual transformation or made new creations in Christ. Second Corinthians five to seventeen. And as with every other thing, prayer plays a huge part in this. How do I know that this congregation is a place of prayer? Because of our prayers and our practices, because the results we've seen, because we have a prayer group that meets on a regular basis, because the Young Woman's Wednesday night group is focusing on prayer, because the high school group is learning how to pray and pray effectively, because our men's Sunday night group spent time in serious prayer, because yesterday our women again gathered for a prayer retreat. God calls us to deeper prayer, to be prayer warriors, to take issues and concerns right to the heart of God. Time's call for it. Deeper prayer. And I challenge you to make your life a life of prayer. In a few minutes, we're going to be singing our invitation song, and I, Jim, you can come on up. Um, If you don't know Jesus, this is a wonderful opportunity. These people will pray for you, And I want to remind you, folks, we got a whole lot of new Christians. Praise God for that. And we need to keep praying for those people because Satan is there. And even though he is cast out by prayer, when we do it, he's still a factor. So the world still calls. The old lives still call. So let's keep them in prayer. But if you want to put him on in baptism, we want to help you with that. And we're prepared to do that this morning. If you need the prayers of this congregation for something that's taken place in your life, this would be the time to come and to do that. I'll be standing right over here. Remember, some people say God doesn't give you things in your life that you can't handle. I think what he really means is that He won't give you things that you and God together cannot handle. God bless you and thank you.